I was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I'm Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. And um, I actually have been doing quite quite, quite a bit of drinking this week because I have been living here quite a bit this week. <laughs> You've been living in your house. I've been living in my house. I've, I've decided I've done away with pretense. I don't know if this is the first episode I've done it or maybe the second. But if you guys are tuning in on the YouTube channel, you'll notice that I didn't even bother taking off my robe today. That's that's where I am. I like I it. Just, that I I just I'm like it's cold. I'm leaving my robe on. That's the end of the story. <laughs> um, it is cold. It is cold. And plenty of things to get to this week. Um, all sorts of fun stuff. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a uh, a local sponsor that we like, and it is Good Clean Fun Life Productions dot com. Uh, yes, a great <laughs> small marketing company uh, that specializes in websites and media production, a husband and wife team that have been at it for over 10 years. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. So it's weird because we always say that, uh, the, you know, March, St. Patrick's Day is our big anniversary. And that's actually the anniversary of when we started the website, goodcleanfunlife.com, which was, you know, I guess maybe like 13 years ago now was a blog site taking cameras to events and bars and local happenings and taking pictures. And 13 years ago, it was a very odd thing to, (laughs) to do, to see people out and about with cameras. Right. It it was more than 13 years ago. Could you be that wrong? 13 years ago was 2011. That's, um, what did we start? 2009? Are we coming up? We started in 2009, I think. I think it was 2009. <laughs> Holy smokes. Give or take a couple years. Yeah, a couple, two we, years. We, we've, been, um, we've been at it a, a long time. But, well, and the point being is when we launched our business in this year will be 10 years as Paying as taxes for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's like, we just, I think we're just going to let that sunset. I don't know. Yeah. No, make it, make it 10 years of actually earning a living instead of just being a hobbyist, 10 years of being a professional professional, a professional professional. professional. Yeah. And, um, and, and with that comes lots of new experiences. Uh, I like to, you know, talk about some of the things I'm working on tips and tricks, if you will. And uh, something we are experimenting with. It's always good to experiment with your socials and, you know, see what works and see what doesn't work. But we are creating uh, lenses, custom augmented reality lenses for both Instagram and for Snapchat, along with frames and stickers. So these are like all of those little things that you can add uh, to your story or to a reel while you're in while you're in the app. So. These will be customized for the Starbird. We're starting with, of course, our biggest client. Um, and for opening weekend, which is this coming weekend, and the one of the biggest parties of the year. 
uh, surrounding uh, St. Patrick's Day. So that's, uh, yeah, we're, you know, creating this augmented reality, got little stickers on your face that move with you and the kids seem to love it. I meant to ask this before we started. Do you have to be at the place to use the filters, right? Is that the way that works? Uh, For these Yes and no. So for, uh, on Snapchat, there's a geo, geo fence, geo filter fence. So you have to be in that location and that's a, available to you, which is nice because then it pushes that to the people who are in that, right. in that area. Um, so that drives engagement and, you know, recognition and impressions and all of those uh, marketing on the outside, things. On the outside chance that someone is at the only other bar in Dewey Beach. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't well, know a place to go. Exactly. Exactly. And well, it is a little, it's a little devious, not devious. uh, It's a little intentional in, in that regard because uh, it has always been the starboard opening for 50 some years. Now the truth of the matter is, is they, they don't close down for winter. They're open all year round, but you know, you still have to have a closing party to have an opening party. And with some of the other uh, competitors, and it's all friendly competition in Dewey. It's such a small town, um, but you know, are, are kind of latching on, and they're like, "Oh, it's such and such place uh, opening weekend. It's the Rusty Rudder opening weekend." And like, no, I mean, you can open and you can have St. Patrick's, but like calling it open week opening weekend is that's been taken uh, you know, already. That's that's ours. So so that was kind of the directive from uh, from Monty. Uh, the owner of the starboard to be like, we want to just make sure that uh, we're reminding people that this has been our our tradition. And then everybody's, uh, you know, pleasantly hopped on the bandwagon. It's great to have the whole town open, of course. So, Mm -hmm. um, but this is that little, that little reminder. I, I, I want to make a quick personal announcement because, uh, it is going to be, this will be after St. Patrick's Day. So my, my daughter Megan won, um, won best Irish soda bread in her, um, Irish competition in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Wow. And so that is the third time that my grandmother's recipe has won best Irish soda bread in the third, in the third different state. They've won in Maryland, won in Jersey City in New Jersey, and now in yeah. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So, I should find out. I, I, I feel like I ought to post that and let everyone share it. But also, if I post it, then I don't get to win best soda bread every time I go someplace. So we'll see. <laughs> it's a fact. Well, I, I, I think you, you definitely should post about winning and, and then, you know, set on a mission to, to conquer all 50 states of soda bread. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail your, your, your story. Um, and do you offer this to everybody else? Like, are, do, is this something people have to ask for? Or is this something you're going around saying, do you want one of these? Is this something you see yourself continuing into the future? I, I think, uh, I think so. Um, you know, doing a quick little, a, a little search, it, uh, I mean, it, it can cost anywhere from 50 bucks to a, a thousand bucks to hire somebody to, to do this. It's great that we're, able to, you know, quickly learn a little new software, be able to put something together um, and provide that for our clients fairly easily is, is would be the plan. Uh, but talking with a friend had a pretty, pretty good idea to uh, encourage other people. So let's say you're having a guy's golf weekend at, uh, at Dewey beach and you want to create uh, a, 
a filter or a frame or, or a sticker for your specific event, you could perhaps for a fee, uh, you know, have one made for you that's tailored to the starboard. So, you know, starboard gets the impression, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of kickback. And, um, and then you have something that says the starboard and your event and mm-hmm. uh, just, just kind of workshopping some ideas like that. Um, thinking that might be, uh, that might be fun to, again, the, the you know, the, with these filters and stickers and that sort of thing, it's all meant to drive engagement and traffic and, and eyeballs. And, um, it's fun to try new things to, to do that. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I do want to, uh, the other thing I, we're going to announce, even though we don't necessarily promote, promote uh, Ocean City, um, I knew something that was going on in Ocean City. And I'm always very <laughs> proud when when I know something that Todd doesn't. And uh, they, I guess, are inaugurating another festival called the Ocean's Calling Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, does that replace some sun fest or no no it's not replacing sunfest this is the the big festival that was supposed to be have its inaugural year last year and everybody leading up to it was like well why are you having a festival during hurricane season and sure enough every weekend in the fall last year was absolutely beautiful except for the weekend that this uh, this festival oceans calling was, was ah. planned for. So it got scrubbed last year. And then, so this will be uh, a year they're, they're, they're coming back. And the band OAR is our, our Marylanders. And so this is kind of like their festival. Uh, you know, they used to come down to the beach and they like ocean city. And so the, this was, uh, this was their sort of concept that. And they're, and they're a famous group. They're not like a local. They're a famous group. Yes. Okay. They, uh, they've been, <laughs> they're actually two Grammy, two Grammy award winning or to nominate. Yeah. They, they're, they've, they've done well. Very cool. The person that I know that's coming, and this is why I wanted to talk about it, yeah. is a guy yeah. by the name of Noah Khan. And he's, I believe, the headliner on the 30th. Yeah. Um, and he is a singer songwriter that. Yeah. I have is, no idea who that is. He is TikTok famous. Oh. And I'm going to his concert in uh, he's he's playing in Philadelphia and I'm taking my wife for her birthday because she found this guy on TikTok and she happened to mention that she liked it. And I saw that he was performing in Philadelphia on her birthday. So I've been listening to his music and I actually also like him as well. Um, yeah, his um his his TikTok song is, I think, called Stick Season. OK, um, and. I guess you can you can look it up online. It's always shocking when I know something, especially about music that I didn't. I I never even heard of OAR, and yeah. and and so I like to I like to just show off a little bit if I happen to stumble across a, a fact. Um, yeah, but he, he's he's fun. I think I think the show will be good. I don't imagine myself going to the Ocean City Swell Festival, but um, I'm glad that I'm glad that they're having one because. So when is Sunfest? Isn't Sunfest in September? Are they having it's, two it, festivals? It, there, there will be two festivals, and this, and uh, at least this is how it was set up last year. And you know, so I, I don't know specifically about Sunfest, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that Sunfest was moved, maybe to accommodate this. And 
part of the thinking was that it would also extend the season a little bit more and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and I think I could be totally wrong on this. I think they did move Sunfest later in this year, last year, which of then, of course, still happened. This thing mm. didn't, and it was a very successful Sunfest. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is great. Well, we're going to keep doing this. Well, good luck to everyone involved. Yes. Uh, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about this week was that I wrote a story about um, the Norfolk Southern Railroad. I don't know if you've been following the news, but they... Yep. Um, they had a, uh, uh, an accident in Ohio and may or may not have started the zombie apocalypse. I guess we'll know in a couple of weeks, uh, but <laughs> the story that I wrote was, I actually have a connection to Norfolk Southern and that was the first piece of breaking news I ever wrote was when a Norfolk Southern train derailed here in Delmar. Oh. Um, yeah, circa 2005, I guess I was, I started writing for the newspaper in 2004. So it was 2004, 2005, 2006, sometime in there. And, um, I was driving home one day and I'm like, that train looks funny. And so I drove over <laughs> to the train and it was off the rails. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah. the reason that I thought it was worth mentioning, and I've been trying to write this story for a while. I have some particular bones to pick with the southern norfolk folks um because every now and again like they run over kids in delmar um oh really yeah and they don't have any any cross any crossing gates um we don't rate crossing gates because it's not busy enough or because not enough people essentially no one important enough has ever died that's why we don't have crossing gates um and so I, i i wrote about that and i was surprised at the response because when I called the guy, um, I interviewed Norfolk Southern again. This is back in 2005. And I'm like, you know, is there a problem with the rails? And he's like, oh, there's absolutely a problem with the rails. We're 12 years behind on our rail replacement thing. And I'm like, well, is it emergency? He's like, well, nobody died. So no. <laughs> yeah. And like he was just the Norfolk Southern guy was just open. He's like, yeah, no, we are far behind. We're never catching up. It's a miracle. More people don't die every year. Yeah. Put that in your little fucking paper. Like it was crazy how. <laughs> and one of the things that I think that I'm proudest about myself is if you treat me like I'm stupid, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. And then <laughs> if literally 20 years later, I have the opportunity to make you look bad for treating me like I was stupid 20 years ago. I've got my notes. I've got everything yeah. I've ever written handy. <laughs> And so if you're looking for it online, you can look up the uh, headline was Norfolk Southern hates your kids. <laughs> Catchy title. Catchy title. And that's what it, that's essentially what it was about. It was it was about how they are. They're far behind and everybody is OK with it because mm-hmm. nothing bad enough has happened yet. And right. no one important has died. And as long as that's the case. You know, it's going to be that it's too busy. But one of the stories that I told, and this is like the conspiratorial end of it, is I almost got hit by a train myself here in Delmar. It was one of the first things that happened to me. Um, I was driving and the trains park very close to my house, not like in front of my house, but 
I live near the train yard and we'll touch on that later in the news if we have a chance. Um, <laughs> but I live near the train yard and so the trains are always parked. So the difference between a train that's not moving and a train that's moving like three or four miles an hour is very subtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was coming across the tracks and I looked left and I saw the train and I looked right and I didn't see a train. And then I proceeded across and the guy, the engineer was sitting on the front of the train and he just hollered at me. He's like, yo. And I turned around. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm almost dead. Um, and so for well, and he would have been dead, too. <laughs> well, no, it, when it, I was in a little car. He was in a train. You know, yeah. it would be, he wasn't guess, standing in front of it. He was like up up on top on the. Uh, you, you said that. And I, I, in my mind, imagine him sitting on like the old school cow catcher. Yeah, or, no, 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 he wasn't on the cow catcher. <laughs> he was he was up on. But, you know, it would have been. Yeah. Would have been unpleasant for him to get my children's blood all over him. That's for sure. Mm. And, you know, they didn't ring the the bell. They just didn't ring the bell. They just mm. didn't ring the bell. Um, they didn't blow the horn. You know, yes, I should see a train coming. And yes, I should be more careful crossing the tracks. But what's interesting is usually the people die. And they say, well, we rang the horn. We don't know what they were. And it made me wonder, like, you know, do they <laughs> do they, you know, did you did you kill this person? Uh, no, I didn't. Like, yeah. you know, there's no there's no check and balance on that. Uh, but I did get a nice note from a gentleman who actually works with the railroad in Maryland. And um, this person uh well, I said a gentleman already. I was trying to completely hide this person's this person's gender. But, you know, there's like, you know, a lot of good points made. But here are some things you missed. And they said that, you know, the way that the regulations work, um, you know, they, they should be, you know, because I complained about the way they blew the horn. Sometimes they blow it long. Sometimes they blow three short ones or whatever. And he's like, no, that's on purpose. And this is when they do this. And, with, and so he pointed out a couple of a couple of little um inaccuracies in in my story which i appreciated and you know yeah. i'm not making a correction because i don't have that kind of time and it wasn't anything it wasn't anything material you know there right. were there were just some of my you know like one of my assumptions is that the mayor you know is content to not do anything about it and he's like it's not really the mayor's job I'm like well if they run over one one of my children it's going to be the mayor's fucking job because i know where he lives you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's part of it. We're all like, well, it's really someone else's responsibility, um, which is too bad because Norfolk Southern was perfectly happy to just hope that nothing went wrong. And Delmar was happy to hope nothing went wrong. And they eventually did repair our tracks, but they, I guess, didn't finish repairing them in Ohio. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's the that's the whole thing is like the cost of cleaning up and even the, you know, the fallout is not as great as what it costs to actually fix the, fix the rails. And so it's like, you know, the free market really doing a, doing a number on. I I know it's a little cliche, but I always think of fight club. Um, I don't know how many times you've seen fight club, but there's a section where he talks about what he does for a living and that he works for a major car company and he goes out and he's, says is the likelihood of us having to pay out more expensive than a recall. And if it's not, we don't fix it. And, yeah. you know, that is, 
I don't know that it's true, but it feels right. Like, I don't think anyone heard that in the movie and was like, that doesn't seem right. You feel like <laughs> Ford would be more responsible when it came to people's lives. And no, they wouldn't. Yeah. We all expect to be killed by corporations and to have to learn to live with it, which is yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and that's most of what I wanted to talk about, except for the news. Did you have anything else that you had one other thing that was going on in your, in your world? Yeah. So uh, one cool thing is a week ago, uh, we got to go to the Ocean City Film Festival, which happened. Oh, we uh, missed it last week. Again, again this year. Yeah, we would have we would have pumped it up a little bit. Um, there were uh, we went to opening night and we saw John Chester of Biggest Little Farm fame, who grew up here in in Berlin. Uh, he had sort of a sequel to his feature film, and it was a little thirty minutes short. Uh, which was, which was awesome. Uh, you know, just like beautiful nature photography and local Dave Messick, uh, also filmmaker does, uh, uh, OC, uh, hooked on OC fishing, does a lot of the stuff with the town and, and fishing stuff. He, uh, he actually filmed for, uh, a local person who made a film, a short film about the, Ukrainian Russian conflict. And it was pretty neat. It was, it was, it was better than I expected. <laughs> um, you know, I, you say, Oh, a, a film about the Ukrainian, and it was a narrative, right? So like in Berlin, they're going to film this. Well, they filmed it over at Mariner's country downs and it was mostly about a, uh, a little girl who discovers whose parents go off to fight and then discovers that th her grandparents have a injured Russian soldier, uh, like hidden in the barn or something like that. You know, it real kind of simple plot, but I, you know, really well executed and, uh, and, and pretty enjoyable to watch and kudos to Dave for, uh, for being able to pull off that a, a good piece of art. But the fun part is on Saturday night of the film festival, uh, none other than John Waters, the, the director, the, uh, the, from, from the Baltimore of Serial Mom, Crybaby fame and, uh, many, many other sort of, yeah, I, I don't know. What would you call them, Tony? What kind of films? They're very quirky, very. Yeah. They're John, house. they're John Waters. They, like, if you haven't heard of John Waters, then we, we can't help you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was surprised how many people when I, when I've told that we were going to see John Waters, didn't know who John Waters was. Um, cause I've grown up knowing, knowing who John Waters was. So well, hairspray, I mean, hairspray is yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and when the, everybody, if, if, if anybody doesn't know, he, he wrote, he wrote hairspray. Um, yeah. both of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so he's, as, as we mentioned, he's, uh, you know, he's a 76 year old, uh, esteemed director. And I guess he's taking a flair for putting on a, a comedy show. And, and he's came and they invited him and he's agreed to come to Ocean Downs, uh, casino and perform in this tiny little room. And we're sitting on like folding chairs. And, um, it was, it was really good. I will say that somebody like John Waters, Coming to Worcester County, uh, 
had me a little concerned. Like, and I didn't know how many people would have signed up for tickets because it was a, you know, special event and, you know, not really know. And we're walking in the room and there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray hairs in there. There's a lot yeah. of Ocean City, good old boy network type individuals. And I remember, I, I remember saying to Natalie, uh, I just kind of glanced around the room. I'm like, I'm laughing at every joke loudly <laughs> no and, and no matter what. <laughs> good for you. And that, and that's not my MO, right? Like I, I enjoy a comedy show, but I'm, I'm not much of a, of an out loud laugher. But and, you're not going to let him die up there. But I'm not going to let him, I'm not going to let anybody groan when he mentions, mentions divine or, you know, right. talks about current politics or, or whatever. Um, but he killed it and, and the room loved him and it was really enjoyable and you know uh, not even a quarter of the way through i'm like oh shoot i don't have to carry yeah <laughs> i don't have to carry the audience across the finish line uh, and it was uh it was really it was really neat i i mean i wish it's one of those things where you know you sit there and you laugh for an hour and you're like i wish i could you know remember some of the zingers but they were like just kind of like one right after another and he just uh I don't know. He, it was it was very enjoyable, and especially to see it live was a, a treat for sure. And, but they also probably weren't jokes. Jokes they were they were like his stories from his life. Jokes like he's yeah he's a rock hand tour rock hand tour rock hand tour. He's funny. Yeah. Um. He 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 tells his stories in a funny way. Yeah. Um, I always liked. I I remember one of my favorite John Waters films. Um. This isn't true. Is uh is his no smoking in the theater? Did you oh, ever see yeah. that? No. So he was in charge of um so a thousand years ago you could smoke in movie theaters mm. and now you can't anymore. And there was a period of time where they would have like a disclaimer, like, hey, remember you're not allowed to smoke in movie theaters. And yeah. You know, John Waters, notorious smoker as well. And so he gets on, he comes up to do the no smoking and he's just smoking and smoking and smoking and smoking. And he's like, remember now you can't smoke in the movie theaters. I can smoke as much as I want. I'm, I mean, I'm in the theater, but I'm not in the theater. Like, so I can sit here and smoke, but you are in the theater and you're yeah. not me. So you can't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, you know, he just, just like, he gets that the pleasure of, the pleasure of everyone's discomfort is where his like mm. zone is. And that's what yeah. makes him so funny. It's he it's, he's not afraid to make you uncomfortable and he's not afraid to laugh at you for being uncomfortable. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's always, that's always been kind of his, his thing that, uh, that I, yeah. I, I like with, of John waters. It was definitely, it will definitely be a thing that I, I won't, uh, won't forget. But it was interesting because when you said you saw John Waters at the casino, and I'm like, <laughs> I I know I know I know a John Waters, but I really thought that you were talking about like like a music act or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Especially when you said the Russian and Ukraine thing, I'm like, well, I know Roger Waters is really popular when it comes to <laughs> the Russia Ukraine issue. So maybe right. maybe he was mistaken. Um. The other the other thing that we want to talk about every week, we try to do a little bit of Delmarva history. Um, the reason it's important this week, um, I'm sorry, there's a criticism of Quentin Tarantino that he overuses the N-word uh, because he can. Um, and I don't 
I don't know about that. I don't care about that. But every time I find the N word in the newspaper, I feel like I have to read it. So <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is. But here goes. Driver is fined after accident. William Kenny's car strikes one of Negro Party near Del Mar. Uh, Del Mar, June 1st, 1931. 31. Two automobiles collided on the highway at Lincoln Avenue yesterday morning, and both were badly damaged. William Kennedy of near Del Mar was making a left-hand turn and failed to see a Pennsylvania car filled with Negroes holiday-bound for Virginia. No one was seriously injured, although several were slightly cut by flying glass. Kenny was tried before the magistrate Hearn and fined $10 in costs, and he will pay the damages for the Pennsylvania car. Uh, Again, important, important details. Yes. The the guy, the guy, the criminal or the the guy who was neglectful, we got his name. The the poor individuals who were cut by broken glass. Yeah. You know, they were Negroes. You Just a really... carful. Yeah. But once you start naming Negroes in the paper, where's where's the end of that? Yeah. Um, but at least they didn't, you know, take them out and shoot them for, you know, driving <laughs> too fast or whatever. I was, I, I'm sure whoever wrote that was like, this. Sound, I'm making this sound very, you know, yeah. uh, fun, were, headed, they, headed for holiday, you know. Yeah, very proud of how, of how liberal they were in their yeah. wording, um, yeah. in their 1931 wording. And um, this actually, so Lincoln Avenue is only like, yeah, this is maybe six blocks from where I live. Um, yeah. And then six blocks, less than six blocks, fewer than six blocks in the other direction. There's a story from 1938, which is the height of the depression. Um, and it says average of six bows arrested daily. Delmar juggles, jungles, Delmar jungles full. And so it's a story about the hobo jungles in Delmar, which I hadn't heard of until today. And which yeah, what is that expression? Happy. What I'm is sorry? that expression? What is that expression? Jungle uh, like? Oh, hobo I mean, jungles are what they called the places where all the hobos would live along the railroad tracks. Okay. Um. Yeah, but you wouldn't know that unless you were born in 1930, because they stopped using <laughs> it right after they stopped having hobos riding the rails. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but where today you will find a, uh, a golf course used to be just trees when I moved here mm-hmm. and back before they were just trees, they were a hobo jungle and people riding the rails from the North to the South would get off here and go and they would stay in the jungle for a couple of days. Um, and you know, just to be off the train and maybe try to find some food, maybe go begging, um, but they were getting arrested for um, for being, you know, uh, vagrants for for mm-hmm. for hoboing in. Um, and uh, the movement through town of these itinerants is heavier this year than ever before, according to police. Many of them are seasonal farm or cannery workers who do not frequent the hobo jungles in quotation marks, but due to conditions, work is scarce and many of the better class of workers are driven to hobo tactics. So these are mm. people who are coming down to work in maybe the canneries or uh, or the fisheries, but not having any place to stay because they weren't paying anyone anymore because there was a depression on. Yeah. Um, Chief of police author, author, Arthur, no, they spelled it wrong. That's oh. it's a 
It's A U T H U R. So if his name's oh. Arthur, then that's fine. But that's it's spelled Arthur Godfrey <laughs> of Delmar, Maryland, and Police Chief Ralph Williams of Delmar. So we used to have two police forces and the Pennsylvania Railroad Police Captain Oscar M. Thomas and Sergeant Miles E. Fitzgerald stationed here arrest an average of six tramps or hobos each day and allow many more than that to pass through the town. Several of the men picked up so far this spring have been fugitives from other states and two were Negroes wanted for murders in Virginia. They were recognized not only by photographs, but by fingerprints on file here. Oh, how how nice that they actually were given some due process. <laughs> well, we, don't know what ri- to them. We, we don't know if they got sent back for, for to Virginia or not. Yeah. Uh, the railroad police yeah. say Delmar is a natural spot for hobos <laughs> due to the stopping of all passenger and freight trains going north and south on the Delmarva division. Right. And to the changing of train crews and the dispatching of running orders from Delmar offices. This right. enables the train riders to leave the trains while they slow down for the yards or to board them for distant and larger cities. Yeah. So local hobo Tony Russo almost <laughs> struck by train <laughs> moving at an absurdly slow rate. <laughs> Um, and they've they've been stealing things from the railway, and tradesmen deny the often repeated stories or brutality against hobos, but say they only fight them when endangered. Mm-hmm. I guess to protect themselves, they only they only beat them in self defense. They don't they don't beat the hobos for fun. Only only when it's only when it's for self defense. Right, um, right. So that's my stories. That's my 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 Delmarva history this week. And we uh we ran over a little bit. I'm sorry about that. I just got too amused by those stories. Um, but uh, make sure you uh make sure you you do all the liking and following and things like that. If you'd like to subscribe to my Bagel Manifesto, you can do that at buytonyrusso.com. That'll get you um to all my stuff. Um, I'm not really on social media anymore, but if you subscribe to my email newsletter, um, then you can find out all the important things that I have to tell you. And until next week, I got nothing else. How about you? I got nothing. All right. Well, remember, at the beach, it's happy hour whenever you say it is. Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week.